Hey guys, Steven from Word on the Street here, just to let you know about what has been going on. So for starters, Jake and I would like to um, apologize to you guys for not having content out uh, for like the last month. It was like every other week or something like that. Um, and we wanted to just let you guys know that everything's all good. We're going to go back to uh, regularly uploading. Uh, and we appreciate all of the support that you guys have been giving us so far. Uh, as far as like the the amount of listens that you guys have had uh, that we've had across all the different episodes like it really means a lot to us uh, so thank you guys so much for that and I just wanted to preface this that if you guys wanted to know want to know firsthand on if there's going to be uh, like an episode that won't air or something else going on we post about that stuff on Instagram uh, so our Instagram will be linked in the, um, the description of the episode, whether you're listening to this on Spotify, YouTube, whatever, uh, you'll be able to find that link, uh, to all of our different social media platforms. Uh, with that being said, um, Jake and I are doing this, just the two of us. We don't have an editor. We don't have anyone else. It is just him and me working on this podcast. And what that means is, is that if something comes up that prevents one of us from doing something, uh, it kind of throws a wrench into everything because that's 50% of our group. So if something comes up in my life that requires uh, a lot of attention and means that I can't edit, well, that means that I can't get an episode out for you guys. Uh, and if something comes up in Jake's life where he's not able to record anything uh, for a while, then that also creates problems and mix and match kind of stuff. Uh, even if we can re record episodes ahead of time, if I'm not able to edit them based off of whatever reason, it does create some problems. Uh, and that's kind of what happened in the last like month. I had a lot of things come up and a lot of just wrenches thrown at everything, basically. But we're going to go back to posting regularly, and uh, we're really excited to continue this journey on with you guys. And we hope that you guys will stick around for, for some more uh, Word on the Street content. Anyways, back to your regular... Anyways, back to the episode. Welcome everyone to our podcast, your introduction to Christianity. I'm Steven. And I'm Jake. And this is Word on the Street, a beginner's Bible study. Welcome back, everybody, to Word on the Street, uh, your beginner's Bible study podcast with uh, my, myself, Stephen, and uh, my co-host, Jake. We, What's uh, up, guys? We got some, uh, got some more content for you guys. If you have, if you're joining us for the first time, probably not the best idea to be this episode, uh, <laughs> but if you're new here uh, and you want to learn more about what we do here, you can go ahead and check out our little intro uh, episode that I hope is pinned to our Spotify at the at the very top. If not, that's kind of embarrassing. Um, but if you guys want to go check out that bit, we talk about what we're doing. But a broad overview: we read through the Bible, get everything out, uh, just get everything. Uh, uh, to the surface as far as like what's the content that we're reading here what does the bible actually say and then try to help um, you guys interpret what this actually means so people aren't just reading and interpreting whatever they want from these words trying to keep so that the context makes sense and that the reason for these things that are being said um, is important 
Last episode, we talked about basically the life of Abram turned Abraham uh, throughout Genesis chapter 12 through 18. Uh, and now we're, where we left off, uh, God told Abraham that he was going to go go down to Sodom and Gomorrah and see if he needed to wipe it from the face of the earth. And Abraham was like, my nephew lives there. Let's talk about this real quick before you do that. And that picks up in uh, chapter 19. Uh, so if you guys are new with us, we are uh, in the Lutheran Study Bible. Uh, and we will be on chapter 19, uh, whatever version of your Bible works, because the, the variations in the different versions don't change the meaning of what's being read. So, mm. are you are you ready, sir, to get cracking into the, the story sure am, of, of Sodom and Gomorrah? <laughs> yeah, let's, oh boy, this one's going to be a ride. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, <laughs> starting with chapter 19, we have God Rescues Lot. So the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed himself with his face to the earth and said, My lords, please turn aside to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise up early and go on your way. They said, No, we will spend the night in the town square. But he pressed them strongly, so they turned aside to him and entered his house. And he made them a feast of baked uh, a feast and baked them unleavened bread, and they ate. But before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people to the last man surrounded the house. And they called Lot, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us, so we may know them. Lot went out to the men at the entrance, shut the door after him, and said, I beg you, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. Behold, I have two daughters who have not known any man. Let me bring them out to you, and do to them as you please. Only do no only do nothing to these men, for they have come under the shelter of my roof. But they said, "Stand back," and they said, uh, "And they said this fellow came to sojourn, and he has become the judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them." Then they pressed hard against the man, Lot, and drew near to break down the door. But the men reached out their hands and brought Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And they struck with blindness the men who were at the entrance of the house, both small and great, so that they wore themselves out groping for the door. Then the men said to Lot, Have you anyone else here, sons-in-laws, sons, daughters, or anyone you have in the city, bring them out of this place? For we are about to destroy this place, because the outcry against its people has become great before the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and said to his sons-in-laws who were to marry his daughters, Up, get out of this place, for the Lord is about to destroy the city. But he seemed to his sons-in-laws to be jesting. As morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, Up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. But he lingered. So the men seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand, the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. And as they brought him out, one said, Escape for your life. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the hills, lest you be swept away. And Lot said to them, Oh no, my lords, behold, your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have shown me your great kindness in saving my life. But I cannot escape to the hills, lest the disaster overtake me and I die. Behold, this city is near enough to flee to, and this is a, and it is a little one. Let me escape there, 
Uh, this oh, this is a city near enough to flee to, and it is a little one. Let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my life will be saved. He said to them, Behold, I grant you this favor, that I will not overthrow the city of which you have spoken. Escape there quickly, uh, for I can do nothing till you arrive there. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zor. <laughs> so, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> we love what's going on there. A whole lot of <laughs> everything. Now, for people who oh, don't man. know biblical lingo um, and are confused why uh, Lot was begging for people to leave him alone when they wanted to know the men of that Lot had, or the angels in this case, uh, when the Bible <laughs> says that we may know them in that manner, uh, they wanted to do many uh, sexual things to these angels. Um, which is kind of funny to me in, in a perspective, because in the New Testament, whenever people see angels, they kind of freak out, because uh, angels yeah. are really creepy and gross looking, <laughs> according to Revelation. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. They, are, they are not <laughs> pleasant to look at, so the fact that this was a turn-on for people in Sodom is kind of concerning. <laughs> very, very much so. Um, but yeah, so they, it, it says... It, it, it emphasizes, too, uh, both young and old, all the people to the last oh. man just surrounded Lot's house because they saw the these angels uh, go into to Lot's house. And they were like, bring them out here. We all want to do stuff to them. <laughs> like, every man in Sodom was there. <laughs> it's like, yeah. this is... Ha! <laughs> But I don't know how Lot put up with this stuff, honestly. Well, <laughs> well, we can infer that that Lot's lingering uh, when the angel was like, "You need to leave now." Yeah. Lot's lingering man. <laughs> kind of implies that he was all for it. <laughs> yeah. Like if this place was so wicked and Lot wasn't with it, he like wasn't for it. He wouldn't have been there for so mm. long. When Sodom and Gomorrah was captured, he wouldn't have gone back. <laughs> yeah. um, oh no, that's like the interesting thing, because like, if you're surrounded, like by like depravity for long enough, like chances are like you're gonna become like depraved yourself. Which exactly. Is really scary. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's that's we can infer that that's basically what happens because instead of Lot being like, no, you guys are gross, all of you leave, God's gonna smite all of you, like, leave me alone. He was just like, I, you can have my daughters, <laughs> my daughters who are about to be married as well, and in uh, in this time. Uh, sex represented, uh, sex from a man represented a, a binding to that man. Uh, because we saw earlier that, um, a Abraham's wife, Sarah, uh, when given to other, like, leaders, uh, like, it caused a lot of, like, torment on those leaders because God was like, stop doing that. You, you, th that is a married woman, um, like, that was the that was the case is that like um men were able to have multiple wives but wives were only allowed to have one husband so mm -hmm. if if necessarily they were to accept the offer of like hey we're going to here are my two daughters for the entire village of the entire uh, men popu man population of the village like there would be a lot of different altercations there as far as things going on <laughs> yeah. 
Because it wouldn't be a case where those girls would have multiple husbands. They were only allowed to have one husband, so they would mm-hmm. probably would have been stoned after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or... whole thing, yeah, it all goes back to Genesis when God said, like, Adam and Eve, it's like, yes, the two shall become one flesh. Right. And that's what the whole thing was all about. Yeah. So, <laughs> <was designed>. so <laughs> yeah, no, the, the multiple wives thing, as far as, like, uh, the, the men that we see in, in Genesis, is, uh, well, in the Old Testament, that's not, like, a, a, a God endorsement. Let, let's make that kind of, let's make that clear. That is not God being like, men, go have as many wives as you want. No, he's always been, it's like, it's man and woman. Like, the, 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 the pair. That, that that's been the thing it's always been just about the pair it, and everyone would but the the guys were like but i want more <laughs> so that's that's where that comes from it's a sinful nature thing exactly but yeah uh lot lingers and you know all this stuff happens and um and when it says that the sons-in-laws thought lot to be jesting that means that they were like bro you're 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 kind of you're on something um are you okay kind of deal like what 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 did you do what like <laughs> what, what what were you doing and can we have some kind of deal so yeah. yeah that's that's what that's what's going on in that aspect there's uh they they think that he is joking with them um and didn't believe his warning um and the it has a little comment um uh, from luther from one of his other books that says the nearer the world is the nearer the world is to destruction uh, i lost my spot the smugger it is so the 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 nearer we are to de- destruction of the world the smugger it is which basically mm. means the closer we get to end times the less it's gonna seem like end times which is frightening <laughs> yeah that's pretty scary that is a scary <laughs> little quote to have luther but <laughs> oh yeah i mean doesn't jesus say that the last day will come like a thief in the night yeah so i don't think luther's entirely far off he's definitely not yeah no one no one will know the day nor the hour it'll just exactly. happen <laughs> that's a little scary yeah and also the fact that like the world will get worse um as we near the day um of the as we near judgment day as well it's just like yeah it'll just happen but the world will be so much worse beforehand to, to where like when it happens it won't feel like the world is ending then <laughs> yeah. that's what's crazy about it <laughs> but yeah so mm-hmm. now lot has been after lot lingers like the angel basically drags him and his family out they don't bring the sons-in-laws though the 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 men meant to marry uh his daughters Though they are not brought out of the city, it is just Lot and his families oh. because they did not hear to uh, um, Lot's warning. Uh, they thought that he was jesting. So when morning dawned, uh, <laughs> dawned, the the angel said, "Take your wife and your two daughters, not take your wife, your two daughters, uh, and their and their and their husbands. It's take your wife and your two daughters and leave." Yeah. So though they the the sons in laws are still in Sodom. Um, and, uh, Sodom is not to be destroyed until Lot gets to safety in the city of, uh, Zor. Mm. But, yeah, so that's what we have going on right now. Sodom and Gomorrah, they're both, like, one and the same, basically, uh, are existing in a very, very disgusting state of sin, and now the angels will be destroying it, and we will see that, uh, in this upcoming section. Yeah. 
Alright, are we on uh, verse 23? We are indeed, sir. Alright, let's do... Oh, now I have to read this? Gosh darn it. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, you guys will understand once I finish. Okay, Uh, alright, let's... Verse 23. The The sun had just risen over the land as Lot came to Zor. Then the Lord made burning sulfur and fire rain out of heaven on Sodom and Gomorrah. He destroyed those cities, the whole plain, all who lived in the cities, and whatever grew on the ground. Lot's wife looked back and turned into a column of salt. Early the next morning, Abraham came to the place where he had stood in front of the Lord. When he looked towards Sodom and Gomorrah and all the land in the plain, he saw smoke rising from the land like a thick smoke on a furnace. When God destroyed the cities on the plain, he remembered Abraham. Lot was allowed to escape from the destruction that came to the cities where he was living. Lot left Zor because he was afraid to stay there. He and his two daughters settled in the mountains where they lived in a cave. The older daughter said to the younger one, Our father is old. No men are here. We can't get married as other people do. Let's give our father wine to drink. Then we'll go to bed with him so that we'll be able to preserve our family line through our father. That night they gave their father wine to drink. Then the older one went to bed with her father. He didn't know when she came to bed or when she got up. The next day the older daughter said to the younger one, I did it. Last night I went to bed with my father. <laughs> Let's give him wine to drink tonight. Then then you go to bed with him so that we'll be able to preserve our family line through our father. <laughs> that night they gave they gave their father wine to drink again. Then the younger one went to bed with him. He didn't know when she came to bed or when she got up. So Lot's two daughters became pregnant by their father. The older one gave birth to a son and named him Moab. He is the ancestor of the Moabites today. The younger daughter also gave birth to a son and named him Ben-Ami. He is the ancestor of the Ammonites today. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) That's the word on the street. (laughs) (laughs) So, Jake, you want to let the people know what what happened and what you read. (laughs) Okay, yeah, so... um, Pretty much, um, there was there was a whole lot of incest going on. <laughs> quite, quite frankly, um, so but you know one thing to understand is like, well, like you would look at this and say like, why the why would anyone do this? Like I could not imagine people doing this today. Um, pretty much like back in that time and in that culture, like a woman. A woman's sole purpose was pretty much to, like, continue on a a legacy, pretty much. Like, give birth to children. That was, like, the greatest honor you could have Mm -hmm. as a woman. Yeah. And Lot's daughters, you know, after they lost their soon-to-be husbands, they're like, well, how else are we going to continue the family line? So... That was that was their idea <laughs> to continue the family line. Yeah, so. Yep. <laughs> so in an instant, they were just like, "All right, we need to go sleep with dad, so we can have kids and fulfill the purpose of you know, just fulfill our purpose here and continue his and continue his you know legacy." Um, and 
it's it's funny too because they're no longer in Zor. They just they he Lot was just like okay, Lot Lot has like no faith here, and we learn this like throughout like this whole this whole instance. Lot has like zero faith, right? Um, and the only reason that Lot is spared in this instance is because um Abraham has uh, has found um you know favor in God's eyes, and so when yeah. when Abraham was like don't kill Lot, he was like all right, I won't. Everyone else will. Um, and so <laughs> Lot is like, oh, I don't want to leave Sodom, but is dragged out by an angel. And he's like, okay, but can, can I go, like, instead of going to the hills, can I go to this little city instead? Uh, and they're like, yeah, sure, go to the city. And he's in the city, and Sodom and Gomorrah gets destroyed. And then after that's destroyed, Lot's like, he's going to destroy where I am. I got to leave and goes into the hills <laughs> that he was supposed to be in beforehand that the angels told him to go to. And then this is when all this stuff happens. His daughters make him drunk to where he remember, remembers absolutely nothing about anything that happened. They just were pregnant the next morning. And Lot probably assumes that it was from the, the son-in-laws that are no longer alive. But yeah, whole lot of whole lot of stuff, and then Abram's also Abraham's also just here, <laughs> just looking out at Sodom and Gomorrah, being like, ah, so no one's righteous there. Gotcha. <laughs> 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 and that's uh, that's pretty much what happens there. Okay, so the the next chapter, chapter twenty, is Abraham and Abimelech. Abimelech is kind of an important figure. Uh, for a little bit, but, uh, there's an instance here, again, of Abraham being a, uh, a little annoying person here, <laughs> and going against God, another instance here, but chapter 20 says, from there, Abraham journeyed toward the territory of Negeb and lived between Kadesh and Shur, and he sojourned in Gerar, and Abraham and said to and Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a man's wife. Now Abimelech had not approached her. So he said, Lord, will you kill an innocent people? Did he not himself say to me, she is my sister, and she herself say, he is my brother? In the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hands, I have done this. Then God said to him in a dream, yes, I know that you have done this in the integrity of your heart, and it was I who kept you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now then, return the man's wife, for he is a prophet, so that he will pray for you, and you shall live. But if you do not return her, know that you shall surely die and you and all who are yours. So Abimelech rose early in the morning and called all of his servants and told them all of these things, and the men were very much afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham and said, What have you done to us? And now, and how have I sinned against you that you have brought me in my kingdom a great sin? You have done to me these uh, things that ought not to be done. And Abimelech said to Abraham, What did you see that you did this, that you did this thing? Abraham said, I did it because I thought... There is no fear. I, I did it because I thought there is no fear of God at all in this place, and they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she is indeed my sister, the daughter of my father, though not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife. 
And when God caused me to wander from my father's house, I said to her, This is my kindness, you must do me. At every place to which we come, say of me, he is my brother. Then Abimelech took sheep and oxen and male servants and female servants and gave them to Abraham and returned Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before you. Dwell where it pleases you. To Sarah he said, Behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. It is a sign of your innocence in the eyes of all who are with you. And before everyone you are vindicated. And then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, and also healed his wife and female slaves, so that they bore children. For the Lord had closed all of the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. <laughs> and that is all of chapter 21. <laughs> yeah, so does that sound familiar to anyone? <laughs> Are we seeing some interesting trends happening? If not, you guys need to go listen to literally last yeah. week's episode in which we talk yeah. about the call of Abraham. Uh, he goes down into Egypt and does this exact same thing. Yep. Um, but also, in this instance, he has the authority to bless and pray for people in order for mm. them to be healed, even though he is still pulling the same little shenanigans. <laughs> um, and what the, the instance here, and something that might cause a little bit of discomfort for people, is that um, Abimelech is lied to and tricked, and um, and if having doing so fallen for it, um, all of his uh, his legacy would have been cut off. And what it means is is that like probably all of the men would have died. Um, maybe right then and there, maybe eventually. Um, but what it basically means is that um, like I, I, you will surely die, and all who are yours. It basically means like your legacy ends if this happens. And by doing that, he closed the wombs of uh, of all of the the female servants and all of the wives and everyone. So basically, regardless of what happens, even if God you know smit smoted how do you say smite in past tense i've never learned <laughs> i've never learned that smitten, smitten. <laughs> if god smit everyone right um <laughs> sounds so weird <laughs> regardless if god if god took the lives of everybody in that instance or they just all died off it it didn't matter if the, because there would have been no ability for them to reproduce. So they just all became infertile <laughs> at that moment. Uh, and then were, uh, were cured um, after, you know, uh, Abimelech did what as God told him to. Um, so it also says that, like, God kept him from sinning, which is kind of an interesting thing that I wanted to get your take on. Um, because, well, Jake, doesn't that... Uh... Doesn't that affect free will if he stopped him from sinning? <laughs> hmm. If he stopped him from singing... <laughs> um, well... Hold on. Let me... Uh, I don't, my page just froze. Hold on. Let me... <laughs> I was trying to scroll up, and it wouldn't scroll up. So I'm like, what? Let's see. Wait, what verse is this? <laughs> uh, chapter... Oh, wait, it's verse 6. Uh, yes, all right. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so. Um. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, God literally kind of steps in himself to deal with this, so. I don't know. I don't know. So, 
in this is where like having a study Bible uh, for people who are listening can be really helpful sometimes because interpreting stuff like this is really difficult just by reading it face on. Um, in the study notes, Luther points us points us forward to verse seventeen. Uh, where it says Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech and also healed uh, his wives and female slaves so that they bore children. Abimelech is included in the so they bore children aspect, which can be then inferred at the bottom for the study notes for that one says that God went to great lengths to assure that the parenthood of the promised seed was kept safe, which is kind of Oh, gross wording um but he also says he allowed a disease to afflict the king and his entire household making it impossible for them to conceive until abraham prayed uh for their healing so it is interpreted in this asp in this moment that abimelech was not able to even have intercourse it was not it was not possible for him he could not get aroused by Sarah is what God did to Abimelech so that he couldn't sin. Mm, yeah, that is that is what is happening here because it said yeah. Abimelech is like, hey, um, did uh, did they not tell me that he that she was his sister? Like uh, I have, um, and then he's uh, says it is in the uh, integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hands that I have done this. Uh, and then he also says that, like, he did not lay, uh, like, lay a hand on her. That's also because, like, he couldn't feel, like, be aroused to do anything or have intercourse with Sarah. So, like, he just couldn't do it. He just couldn't do anything. So it wasn't God, like, was playing with the mind of Abimelech or anything. He just made it, it made him incapable of committing the sin that would kill him kind of aspect and that is one of those instances where we talked about in our little mini episode uh about uh theophanies uh and christophany uh christophanies <laughs> of god being super merciful in aspects when it seems that he's being like super wrathful <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yeah that's for sure <laughs> But yeah, so that that is why I was saying Abimelech is kind of important, and then we also will get to more stuff with Abimelech later in Genesis. But, Jake, do you want to take us into chapter 21? Ah, uh, yes, chapter 21. This is um, quite, let's actually, wait, let me skim through, because I believe this is, oh yeah, this is a pretty important chapter here. <laughs> 100%. Act, act, yeah, yeah, yes. very, very much so. <laughs> oh, quite so, quite so. All right, so let's... Uh, Let's let's begin here. Ah, my page froze again. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, why? <laughs> it yeah, wouldn't freeze with reason. the would not freeze <laughs> with a with a hard copy. <laughs> hey, hey, that's true. That, hey, you know, guys, I'm gonna promote some Seggy Bibles. Get your Seggy Bibles. This episode is sponsored by Luther Study Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just bashing Bible Gateway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, I'm ready now. The Lord came to help Sarah and did for her what he had promised. So she became pregnant, and at the exact time God had promised, she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. Abraham named his newborn son Isaac. When Isaac was eight days old, 
Abraham circumcised him as God had commanded. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born. Sarah said, God has brought me with laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh at me. Who would have predicted to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have given him a son in his old age. The child grew and was weaned. On the day Isaac was weaned, Abraham held a big feast. Sarah saw that Abraham's son Hagar, the Egyptian, was laughing at Isaac. She said to Abraham, Get rid of this slave and her son, because this slave's son must never share the inheritance with my son Isaac. Abraham was upset by this because of his son Ishmael. But God said to Abraham, Don't be upset about the boy and your slave. Listen to what Sarah says, because through Isaac your descendants will carry on your name. Besides, I <laughs> excuse me, I will make the slave's son into a nation also, because he is your child. Early the next morning, Abraham took bread uh, and a container of water and gave them to Hagar, putting them on her shoulder. He also gave her the boy and sent her on her way. So she left and wandered around in the desert near Beersheba. When the, when the water in the container was gone, she put the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went about as far as an arrow can be shot and sat down. She said to herself, I don't want to watch the boy die. So she sat down and sobbed loudly. God heard, God heard the boy crying, and the messenger of God, God called to Hagar from heaven. What's the matter, Hagar? He asked her. Don't be afraid. God has heard the boy crying from the bushes. Come on, help the boy up. Take him by the hand, because I'm going to make him into a, <coughs> excuse me, a great nation. God opened her eyes. Then she saw a well. She filled the container with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy as he grew up. He lived in the desert and became a skilled archer. He lived in the desert of Paran, and his mother gave him a wife from Egypt. Mm. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> yeah. So the promise is finally fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You wanna you wanna give a an overview of what happened? Yeah. So you know, pretty much, uh, God God finally um, he got you know God God's a man of his word. Throughout Scripture, you know, God God tends to keep his word like all the time. And, <laughs> <laughs> And even though your boy Abraham was a hundred years old when the son was born, and I did say old Sarah was. I mean, Sarah was also very old. Uh, I <laughs> probably think, around a hundred. I think if I remember, she is ninety. <laughs> okay, yeah, because that's 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 quite a bit more impressive. I'll double check that, <laughs> but you keep you keep going. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll just say she's ninety. Um, yes, I mean, even though you know, it's literally impossible by by our terms god will still keep his promise even if it means uh defining the impossible um and then also we kind of catch up a little bit on hagar and ishmael and um let's sarah was well abraham and sarah were pretty much like well we got our son now so we don't need you guys anymore <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you know, even it, it's it's pretty cool because God still shows uh, these people who are by all means outcasts, and even though you know they're not part of the promise, God still shows them like kindness and mercy and takes care of them. And it turns out that um, you know they 
Uh, I mean, I think this is the last we hear of Hagar and Ishmael, but it seems like, you know, they grow up to, they end up living some a stable life, and, you know, Ishmael gets a wife, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's 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 interesting that like, the the bow shot is kind of a an interesting little description, but it's kind of like a. Um, it's kind of a poetic thing, kind of, because she was a bow shot distance away for when she, like, laid him down to death, basically, like, actually, like, she, she was saying she doesn't want to see the boy die, because they were wandering the wilderness and dying of dehydration, and she didn't want to watch her son die, so she just set him in the sand and then went to die somewhere else, um, and then that's when the angel appears, but then he becomes a very, like, a very skilled archer, which I think is kind of funny, so it's kind of yeah. <laughs> kind of comes full circle a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, no. But yeah, she, she Hagar was just like, oh, can't do this. We're both gonna die, but I don't want to see my son die, so he can die over here, and I'll go die over there. And then the angel was like, neither of you are gonna die right now. Like it, it's not your time. Like he's gonna he's gonna be good. He's gonna have he's gonna have a great nation, like like uh like Abraham uh like Abraham's son. Um, so yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is speculation, I remember hearing this, um, in, you know, in high school, saying that, like, what was it, that, like, some people believe that that's, that Ishmael is Islam? Hmm. Well, uh -huh. yeah, because I'm pretty sure, um, like, Muslims themselves believe that. Like, 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 they, they hold that, like, they are the offspring or at least muhammad was came from ishmael's line mm. i'm pretty sure they all hold that view got you so okay it, it's muslim faith got it yeah mm -hmm. I, I remember it was a different a different specific religion group though that held to that but i couldn't remember which one yeah no it's it's definitely um islam got you okay <laughs> Okay, so finishing with chapter 21, we have the treaty that is formed with Abimelech now. So in verse 22, it says, At the time Abimelech and Phicol, uh, the commander of his army, said to Abraham, God is with you in all that you do. Now therefore swear to me here by God that you will not uh, deal falsely with me or with my descendants or with my, uh, my posterity. But as I have dealt kindly with you, so you will deal with me in the land where you have sojourned. And Abraham said, I will swear. And when Abraham reproved Abimelech, uh, reproved Abimelech about a well of water that Abimelech's servants had seized, Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this thing. You did not tell me, and I have not heard of it until today. So Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech, and the two men made, uh, made a covenant. Abraham set seven ewe lambs and uh, ewe lambs of the flock apart. And Abimelech said to Abraham, "What is the meaning of the seven ewe lambs that you have set apart?" He said, "These seven ewe lambs will take from my hand. That is, that this may be a witness for me that I dug this well. Therefore, that place was called Beersheba, because there both uh, there both of them swore an oath." So they made a covenant at Beersheba. <clears throat> at Beersheba. Then Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, rose up and returned to the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. And Abraham sojourned many days in the land of the Philistines. 
Jake, do you know who else came from the Philistines? <laughs> <laughs> the Atlantean the, <laughs> the Atlanteans. <laughs> um, but basically, not not anything too much going on here, other than you know. Abraham Abraham makes amends with Abimelech, uh, and then they make their own covenant, which is conditional. Abraham is going to uh, uh, is going to deal kindly and and do things for Abimelech now, um, and show him in the land the the prosperity and you know uh, the kindness that Abimelech showed, even though uh, Abraham almost got him killed by God. <laughs> so yeah. so you got you got that going on there, but basically a quick little treaty, and then talking about. Um, uh, Abraham moving in and sojourning into the, the land of now the Philistines. So not mm-hmm. not much going on there. Yeah, really not. Honestly, I forgot that <laughs> little section was even here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we get into chapter twenty-two, the the very very turning point of what faith in God means. <laughs> yeah. Abraham tested. Um, let's see. Ah, it didn't freeze on me this time. Hey! <laughs> let's go! Okay. Um, later, God tested Abraham and called to him. Abraham, yes, here I am, he answered. God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to Moria. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I will show you. Early the next morning... Abraham saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut the wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place that God had told him about. Two days later, Abraham saw the place in the distance. Then Abraham said to his servants, You stay here with the donkey while the boy and I go over there. We'll worship, and after that we'll come back to you. Then Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and gave it to his son Isaac. Abraham carried the burning coals and a knife. The two of them went on on together. Isaac spoke up and said, Father? Yes, son, Abraham answered. Isaac asked, We have the burning coals and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, son. The two of them went on together. When they came to the place that God had told him about, Abraham built the altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied up his son Isaac and laid him on top of the wood of the altar. Next, Abraham picked up the knife and took it from his hand to sacrifice his son. Oh, plot twist. <laughs> the Lord called, from him, uh, called from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, he answered. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you did not refuse to give me your son, your only son. When Abraham looked around, he saw a ram behind him caught by its horns in a bush. So Abraham took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place the Lord will provide. It is still said today, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. Then the messenger of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I'm taking an oath on my own name, declares the Lord, that because you have done this, and you have not refused to give me your son, your only son. I will certainly bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky 
and the grains of sand on on the seashore. Your your descendants will take possession of their enemies' cities. Though your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Then Abraham returned to his servants, and together they left for Beersheba. Abraham remained in Beersheba. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, plot twist. Uh <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> We're not expecting that. <laughs> yeah, do you want to you wanna give a little emphasis on what just happened? Yeah, so um, pretty much the <laughs> God had had set up this sort of a test for Abraham um, because Isaac represents, of course, his fulfilled promise to him. And now God is literally asking <coughs> Abraham to, you know, get rid of the very thing that God had provided him and that God had promised he would give him. But now God's saying, oh, uh, and second thought, sacrifice this to me. Um, uh, that I, I know a lot of people can view this as just God, like this is like a very cruel, like psychological experiment that God's doing on mm-hmm. Abraham. Um, but I, in a way, it's it, it kind of reminds me of, um, oh, I don't remember where this passage is, but it's like the things that are the Lord's, the Lord will take and what the Lord uh, gives. Yeah. Whatever, however that's phrased. The, the, yeah, the Lord, yeah. I'm sure you guys know what that means, but yeah, it's like, Isaac was, the whole reason Isaac exists is because of, you know, God. Um, and uh, in a way, if God literally asks you, hey, like, I gave you this, I want it back now, you know, <laughs> right, rightfully, you should give him back what he gave you because it's his. It's it's not it's not your own. Right. Um, and so I, it was almost, I think it's a way of God saying, hey, like, like, buddy abraham like this this promise like you didn't obtain this by your own this was all through me mm-hmm. so this right. is just how this works and, and it's <laughs> and it's less of a mean psychological game in my opinion more of a and it's more of <laughs> what's up oh i'm like that'd be pretty shocking like kind of scarring if you find out you had to sacrifice <laughs> but yeah no so so like uh, if you don't look at it, that aspect you gotta think of it this way it's god being like okay i made these promises to you all the time i was telling you you would be a great nation it's telling you all the time that i would give you a son even though sarah was old i kept telling you that i would do it now you have a son i came mm-hmm. through on my covenant with you now i need to know are you, will you keep believing and keep having faith in the things that I tell you? Uh, and so the, the aspect of sacrificing Isaac is like, even if you sacrifice Isaac right now, would you still have faith uh, in me to make you a great nation like like I've mm. been promising that you would be? Yeah. So that, that's, that's, the, that's the aspect of it. Like, um, God was never, never planning on... Um, uh, having Isaac be sacrificed because yeah, think of it God this is way. Very against that sort of stuff. Yeah, think of it this <laughs> way. <we'll> see later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you think of it this way, um, there's no instance in which God would have arrived too late because he's outside of time. So he would have, in every instance in which Abraham is willing to sacrifice Isaac, um, God would stop him before it happens. But the only other option is 
Abraham not to sacrifice object, uh, uh, Isaac, mm. and Isaac is mm-hmm. still alive. So Isaac was never intended to be killed. God wouldn't be mm. like, you didn't sacrifice Isaac, so I'm going to smite him now. Because he doesn't punish the people who don't follow him. Like, he doesn't... Pu- mm. No, let me reword that. He doesn't punish the people uh for the other people who didn't follow his orders like he he would have spared isaac regardless and punished abraham for whatever yeah um because it is through isaac that we get the like the lineage of christ it's through that that we have the great nation the great generation and things like that so so yeah it it might be kind of a a scarring little tale that like yeah god was like here's your son and now that he's old enough to speak and walk and do all these things, you're going to sacrifice him on a mountain. That's three <laughs> days away, by the way. <laughs> That's a three-day walk away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, super far from where they are. Can you imagine going camping trip with Dad? Dad tied me to a table, and now I'm afraid to be around him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, tried to, he tried to sacrifice me, and God told him not to do it. <laughs> or, or do yeah. you think that, like... Um, Isaac couldn't hear like the like couldn't hear nor see the angel appearing uh, to Abraham no. when he stopped it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I guess not. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know. Because like the angel could have appeared to both of them, but uh, could you imagine like just the horrors of like your dad's about to sacrifice you? He's got a knife. You are tied down to a. a, a uh, like wooden planks that are ready to be lit Ooh, on fire. Yeah, you know, yeah, that that would be pretty scary. Like yeah, all so of that. Angel did appear. <laughs> all of that's <laughs> happening, and 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 you you hear nothing about this beforehand because the angel, like, because God is speaking only to Abraham, Abraham, and then he's about to kill you, and then all of a sudden just stops, and it, it just like doesn't do it and it <laughs> doesn't even yeah, say he, like ha pranked you he just goes grab and grabs this ram that just got caught <laughs> like, that, would be, yeah. that would be yeah. so terrifying <laughs> like, let's just take an april fool's to a whole nother <laughs> yeah no like props uh, we we don't ha- we have no knowledge of if isaac is freaking out or not like it's not written in the bible what isaac mm-hmm. did or his reactions or anything um, so I, I think it would be like, I'm assuming that like he was, you know, he was probably scared. Cause like, that's, mm-hmm. it's the general thing, but I'm also sure that Abraham was telling his son everything that he was being told and not just being like, well, yeah. gotta go kill him now, I guess <laughs> he'll find out later. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully he was saying like, Hey, you know, God had some sort of meaning, um, behind all this. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like. Yeah, I'm just gonna sacrifice you. <laughs> the thing is, today though, if any, if people were oh, to be like, even for oh, me, God. right? Like, if if my dad were to come to me and be like, "All right, God came to me in a dream. Uh, I'm gonna have to kill you now." <laughs> I I would fear for my life. <laughs> it, it would be less of it would be less of if my dad is doing the right thing of having faith. I would lose faith immediately, and if he's telling the right like st- saying the right thing, I, I would be like, "Dad, I think you have an issue. I think you have a problem, and you need to stay away from me." <laughs> that would that would not go down well with me. <laughs> Alright, but anyways, after all that happens, uh, a few years actually after all that happens, um, according to Luther's Luther's study Bible, 16 years after this happens, to be exact, um, by by minimum too, uh, a maximum of uh, 
26 years. So a pretty long time after this happens. Um, in chapter 23 of Genesis, we have Sarah's death and burial. So Sarah lived to be 127, uh, and Sarah died at uh, Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham went in, uh, went in to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. And Abraham rose up for, uh, from before his dead and said to the Hittites, I am a sojourner from uh, and foreigner among you. Give me property among you for a burying place, that I may bury de my dead out of my sight. The Hittites answered Abraham, Hear us, my lord, you are a prince of God among us. Bury your dead in the, cho uh, the choicest of our tombs. None of us w uh, with withhold, uh, will withhold from you his tomb to hinder you from burying your dead. You're dead. Abraham rose and bowed to the Hittites, the people of the land. And he said to them, If you are willing that I should bury my dead out of my sight, hear me and entreat for me Ephron, the son of Zoar, that he may give me the cave of uh, Machpelah, which he owns. It is at the end of his field. For the full price, let him give it to me in your presence as property for a burying place. Now Ephraim was sitting among the Hittites, and Ephraim the Hittite answered Abraham in the hearing of the Hittites, all of who went into the gate uh, of the city. No, my lord, hear me. I give you the field, I, and I give you the cave that it is in. In the sight of the sons of my people, I give it to you. Bury your dead. Then Abraham bowed down before the people of the land, and he said to Ephraim in the hearing of the people of the land, but if you will hear me, I give the price of the field. Accept it from me that I may bury my dead here. And Ephraim said to Abraham, My lord, listen to me. A piece of land worth four hundred shekels of silver. What, what is that between you and me? Bury your dead. A Abraham listened to Ephraim, and Abraham weighed out for Ephraim the silver that he na had named in the hearing of the Hittites, four hundred shekels of silver, according to the weights current among the merchants. So the field of Ephraim in uh, Machpelah, uh, which was... To the east of Mamre, the field with the cave that was in it, and all of the trees that were in the field throughout the whole area was made over to Abraham as a possession in the presence of the Hittites before all who went in at the gate of the city. After this, Abraham buried Sarah, his wife, in the cave. Uh, the field and the cave that, and uh, the the field and the cave that is in it were made to Abraham as property for burying, for burying place of the Hittites. So the only real important things that happen here, you know, Sarah dies and Abraham goes to bury her, um, and he is in the land of the Hittites, not in the land of the Philistines. Um, so he's just in a different spot now, uh, but still in the land of Canaan. Um, but uh, but yeah, Sarah dies. He goes to bury her, and he, uh, you know is like the the people there are just like dude just just bury your wife you don't have to pay us anything and he's like insisting on mm -hmm. doing so so they they kind of they kind of undersell him uh with the 400 shekels uh of silver and then that's and then he buries sarah but the thing that i actually caught and wanted to bring attention to and will be important later um like way later is um the hittites are a group of people um that exist in the land of canaan and along in the land of canaan you know you have the Am amorites and the 
uh, and all these other tribes, and I only named the Amorites because they were the only ones that I could remember at the moment. <laughs> um, but you have all of these different tribes of people who are living in this land, and eventually, when we get to the Exodus and the the Israelites are wandering around in the desert, they're afraid of running into all of these different people in the land of Canaan. Um, and one of the things that is discussed is that like God is super super unjust to the other tribes of people that are in the the wilderness he just lets the israelites kill all these people um and you know the argument for that is that like they had a chance to know god beforehand kind of deal um but actually they already knew god beforehand (laughs) in the land in the time of abraham the hittites are referring to abraham as a priest of as a prince of god uh what does it say prince of god among us they the hittites are acknowledging abram abraham as a righteous man of god like of the actual god and not any of their own so in the time of abraham and it's you know it's safe to assume that like all all of canaan because abraham owns a lot of land all over canaan uh, it's safe to assume that like all of the different tribes spread out through Canaan knew of Abraham's God, like our our God, the Creator of the world. They they knew him and recognized him as the God of the world. Um, so there's something that happens after the Exodus, um, in which all of these tribes no longer recognize this God, uh, like our God, to be the God, and they um fight against god's people so that that's kind of an important little little thing is that something happens there and the tribes kind of kind of fall short a little bit and and that leads to their their land being overtaken but yeah anyways to end the episode today we have chapter 24 and it's kind of a doozy of a long one um, but it is getting into the life of Isaac, um, uh, the life of Isaac before, uh, his generation continues. So, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, this is pretty much just this entire chapter is like all of Isaac, right? Yes. <laughs> chapter 24 is basically all about Isaac and the work that he, the work that he does. And then, um, chapter 25 kicks off with his generation and, and, um, God promising stuff to him. Oh man. Even though there's only one subheading, I'll probably just read half of this because this is a lot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) Okay. Um, all right. Yeah. Genesis 24, Isaac marries Rebecca. As the days went by and Abraham became older, the Lord blessed Abraham in every way. Abraham said to the oldest servant of his household, who was in charge of everything he owned, Put your hand under my thigh. <laughs> by the Lord, God of heaven and earth, give me your word that I that you won't choose a wife for my son from the Canaanite woman among who I live. Go to my land and my family and find a wife for my son Isaac there. The servant said to him, both the woman doesn't agree to come back with me to this land. Shouldn't I take your son back to the land you left? Abraham said to him, Be sure you don't take my son back there. The Lord God of heaven, who took me from my father's household and from my family's land, who spoke with me and who gave me his word, saying, I will give you this I will give this land to your descendants. 
He will send his messenger in front of you, and you will find a wife for my son there. If the woman won't agree to come back to you, you will be free from this obligation to me. Only don't take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under his master Abraham's thigh and gave him his word about this mission. The servant took ten of his master's camels and all of his master's best provisions, set out and traveled to Nahor city. In Aram Naharam, he had the camels kneel down outside the city at the well in the evening when women came out to draw water. He said, Lord God, my master Abraham, make something good happen for me today and be loyal to my master Abraham. I will stand here by the spring while the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. When I say to a young woman, hand me your water jar so I can drink, and she says to me, drink, and I will give your, cam your camel's water too. May she be the one you selected <coughs> for your servant Isaac. In this way, I will know that you've been loyal to my master. Even before he finished speaking, Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, was coming out with a water jar on her shoulder. The young woman was very beautiful, old enough to be married, and hadn't known a man intimately. She went down to the spring, filled her water, and came back up. The servant ran to meet her and said, Give me a little sip of water from your jar. She said, Drink, sir. Then she quickly lowered the water jar with her hands and gave him some water to drink. When she finished giving him a drink, she said, I'll draw some water for your camels, too, till they've had enough to drink. She emptied her water jar quickly into the watering trough, ran to the well again to draw water, and drew water for all the camels. The man, the man stood gazing at her, wondered silently if the Lord had made his trip successful or not. <laughs> As soon as the camels had finished drinking, the man took out a gold a gold ring, weighing half a, she a shekel, and two gold bla bracelets for her arms, weighing ten such shekels. He said, Please tell me whose daughter you are. Is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night? She responded, I'm the daughter of Bethuel, who is the son of, <laughs> the son of Milcah and Nahor. She continued, We have plenty of straw and feed for the camels, and a place to spend the night. The man bowed down and praised the Lord. Blessed be the Lord, God of my master Abraham, who hasn't given up his loyalty and his faithfulness to my master. The Lord has showed me the way to the household of my master's brother. The young woman ran and told her mother's household everything that had happened. Rebekah had a brother named Laban, and Laban ran to the man outside by the spring. When he had seen the ring and the bracelets on his sister's arm, and when he had heard, when he had heard that his sister Rebecca, uh, oh my gosh, when he had heard his sister Rebecca say, "This is what the man said to me," when he went to the man who was still standing by the springs with his camels, Laban said, "Come in, favored one of the Lord. Why are you standing outside? I've prepared the house and a place for the camels." So the man entered the home. Then Laban unbridled the camels provided straw and feed for them, and water to wash his feet, and the feet of the men with him, and set out a meal for him. But the man said, I won't eat until I've said something. Laban replied, say it. And we'll uh, leave off there with a bit of a cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, so you want to you wanna info the people on what what's going on so far before we continue? <clears throat> yeah, so... Uh... Um, pretty much, 
this Sir Abraham sends out this servant to go kind of scope a land, scope his homeland for a wife for Isaac, because he the Canaanite women uh, aren't really the best. <laughs> he, he doesn't really want his line to continue through them. So, <laughs> so he's like, hey, uh, just go back to my homeland, see if. You know, see if there's a girl who'd be interested in my son. <laughs> <laughs> go, go show my son's picture around and see, yeah. and see, and ask them, you know, swipe left or right. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that was the inspiration for Tinder right there. <laughs> Abra- uh, Abraham inspired <laughs> Tinder. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, anyway, they... Um, the servant went back, and he pretty much just um, goes to pray before the Lord because this is a pretty big task for a random servant. Like, <laughs> I mean, well, I don't know. Maybe he wasn't a random servant. Like, he probably had some kind of higher status. Uh, but it's like this. This is this is a pretty big deal. So he doesn't really want to come back to Abraham empty-handed, even if Abraham was like, "Oh, it, it's okay if no one agrees there." Um, he's he did still don't want to make Abraham disappointed. So mm-hmm. um, the servant actually does a pretty a pretty cool thing, a pretty good act of faith, and turns to God and says, uh, "Lord God, please just you know if there's if there's a woman here that's for, that's right for Isaac, just please like give me a sign and and show me." And then lo and behold, um, just as as the Lord says, um, the <coughs> the Re- Rebecca is the one that kind of um, has has that sign, so he's like, "Oh well, this is this is clearly the girl," <laughs> and she actually does a a very big act of kindness for him too. So, you know, it wasn't like <laughs> like 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 you could say, "Oh yeah, God, like show me what what girl he should have," and the girl just acts like really mean and and terrible, it's like. Oh, <laughs> but now this 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 uh, Rebecca does an extreme act of kindness for the servant, and then he gets offered back into their house. So that's also pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, what makes me laugh is yeah, um, the servant has a huge act of faith, but then immediately has one of the biggest like facepalm moments that uh, I can imagine, uh, because he's like he's like okay. Uh, God, uh, if there is a woman here, let them say, uh, let, let the woman say, um, drink when I ask them for, for water from the well, um, and then, and then have her also say, like, drink and I will water your camels, uh, and then it says, before he finishes speaking... Rebecca shows up and does exactly what he was about to ask God. And then um, at the end of it, in verse 21, it says the man gazed at her in silence to learn whether the Lord had prospered his journey or not. So after after the thing that he was like in the process of asking God to happen for a sign uh, happens... He then just like takes a second to ponder if she actually is the one that uh, that he needs to bring back for Isaac or not. He's just like, hmm, I gotta think about this one just for a little bit. 
and he gazes at her in silence to to learn whether the Lord has prospered his journey or not. And, and the aspect of like, hmm, gotta I have to see if she returns first, or if like the camels will finish drinking the water or something. But like, honestly, if if like I was in the process of being like God, show me show me this sign with this kind of thing, and then later have this happen. And that thing that I said first happens before I continue on with stuff. I would be like, "Oh, oh, oh okay, <laughs> I, I see. All right, cool. Okay." <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I thought I thought that that was really funny. It's just like, "Oh, this is happening before I'm done talking about." Okay, I think this is okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyways, to continue with. Um, Chapter 24, this is where things might not look so well with uh, this whole Rebecca situation. Anyways, alright, so, so he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has greatly blessed my master, and he has become great. He has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male servants and female servants, camels and donkeys. And Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master when she was old. And to him he has uh, given all that he has. My master made me swear, saying, You shall not take a wife or my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, in whose land I dwell. But you shall go to my father's house, and to my clan, and take a wife for my son. I said to my master, Perhaps the woman will not follow me. But he said to, uh, but he said to me, The Lord before whom I have walked will send his angel with you and prosper your way. You shall take, your, take a wife for my son from my clan and from my father's house. Then you will be free from my oath. When you come to my clan, and if... Uh, when you come to my clan, and if they will not give her to you, you will be free from my oath. I came today to the spring and said, O Lord, my God, of my master Abraham, if now you are prospering the way that I go, behold that I am standing by the spring of the water. Let the virgin who comes out to the little water from your, uh, wait, let the virgin who comes out to draw water to whom I shall say, please give me a little water from your jar to drink. And who will say to me, drink, and I will draw for you your camels also. Let her be the woman the Lord, uh, whom the Lord has appointed for my master's son. Before I had finished speaking in my heart, behold, Rebekah came out with her water jar on her shoulder, and she went down to the spring and drew water. And I said to her, please let me drink. She quickly let down her jar from her shoulders and said, drink, and I will give your camels drink also. So I drank, and she gave the camels a drink as well. Then I asked her, Whose daughter are you? And she said, The daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, whom uh, Milkah, Milkah <coughs> bore to him. So I put the ring on her nose and the bracelets on her arms. And then I bowed my head and worshipped the Lord and blessed God, the God of my master Abraham, who led me by the right way to take the daughter of my master's kinsman for his son. Now then, if you are going to show steadfast love and faithfulness to my master, tell me, and if not... Uh, and tell me, and if not, tell me that I may turn to the right hand or to the left. Then Laban and Bethuel answered and said, The thing that has come from the Lord, we cannot speak to you, good or bad. Behold, Rebekah is before you. Take her and go, and let her be the wife of your master's son. As the Lord has spoken, and Abraham's servant heard the words, and he bowed himself to the earth before the Lord. And the servant brought out jewelry of silver and gold and garments, and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave to her brother and to her mother costly ornate and uh, costly ornaments. 
And he and the men who were with him ate and drank, and they spent the night there. When they arose in the morning, he said, Send me away to my master. Her brother and her mother said, Let the young woman remain with us a while, at least ten days. After that she may go. But he said to them, Do not delay me, since the Lord has prospered my way. Send, send me away, that I may go to my master. They said, Let us call the young woman and ask her. And they called Rebekah and said to her, Will you go with this man? She said, I will go. So they sent Rebekah, their sister, and her nurse, and Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebekah and said to her, Our sister, may you become thousands and ten of ten... No, our sister may you no. become thousands of ten thousands, and may your offspring possess this the gate of those who hate him. Then Rebekah and her young woman arose and rode on camels and followed the man. Thus the servant took Rebekah and went on his way. Now Isaac had returned from Abarlarau. <laughs> That's such a weird word. Abarlarau. That word, and was dwelling in Najeb. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field toward the evening, and he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, there were camels coming. And Rebekah lifted up her eyes, and, and Rebekah lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from the camel and said to the servant, Who is that man walking in the field to meet us? The servant said, It is my master. So she took her veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. Then Isaac brought her into the tent of Sarah his mother and took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. And that ends wow. chapter 24. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so to sum up what happened, um, <laughs> a lot of a lot of stuff actually going on. But um so basically um from verses 34 to 49 the servant just repeats everything that just happened he yeah. just exactly <laughs> recalls the entire story that we that jake just read before the um of what's going on but in you know a summarized little manner um i guess kind of not even really he was very descriptive of what happened um <laughs> and then um then, you know, he talks to Laban, which is uh, Rebecca's brother, and Bethuel, which is her mother, and um, and then they're just like, yep, you're from, <laughs> you're, you're coming from God, so, you know, uh, go do as you will, um, and they, he's like, we're leaving now, basically, let, give me, basically give mm -hmm. me your blessing so that we can leave, and, uh, they were just like, nah, let her, let her stay for like 10 days or something like that. Uh, and he's just like, no, <laughs> do not delay me. I, God is prospering my way. Do not delay me or God <laughs> right now. And they're like, okay, fine. She can leave. Well, they ask her first, like, will you go? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> and so, and so they, they send her on their way. Uh, yeah, no, she was just like, yep. Um, so the thing is, in um, with the will you go question, Luther has a note in, for verse 58. It says, uh, a marriage should be brought about in such a way that we have God present. He established marriage for countless good purposes, and he himself joins the spouses. Nor does he only join them, he also blesses them. But he also requires the consent of the parents as well as the girl in order that there may be a lawful and truly divine union. So once the the parents being um, the brother now because um, 
the the father is not in the picture he has passed so the the oldest son now becomes kind of the man of the house aspect he is as like the father in the um in the instance right he takes care of everybody and has like the biggest say of what's going on so he now is in charge of like who his sisters get to marry if he has multiple but it's just rebecca um so he is included in this and he has to give consent the Mm -hmm. mom has to give him consent and then also the daughter has to willingly uh consent to it as well this is not an instance in where like women are just thrown around to be wherever they have to consent to it so you know they do actually not like to say this in like a weird way but in in the old testament in like um uh you will uh, and just like in the bible in general like the the women of of like the israelites and everything do have a say in who they marry yeah like they they get they have con- they they honestly, have to consent to it it's not like yeah they're not just being assigned to people <laughs> yeah honestly i think ancient israel had more women's rights than any other culture in that, I, during that time during period. that time period absolutely like, it's actually it's actually was pretty revolutionary like the like i the rights they had for women <laughs> right yeah so um yeah and it, it's it's so funny to me too um uh, that, that that's just the case because it, it's kind of it, it's it kind of it's maintained that through throughout history of like yeah they consent mm. first like everyone everyone who's involved like needs to consent to this first before it happens it's not like if like the parents consent yeah, yeah. to it and the daughter doesn't well that sucks like she doesn't consent to it so that's that marriage is not going to be arranged that's also why like sodom and gomorrah was like a really terrible place because mm. consent wasn't a word in their dictionaries yeah. over there like yeah, it just <laughs> like that, that just wasn't a thing um but also i wanted to read like look at the blessing because the blessing is weird um it says see oh, yeah. note for verse 22 well chapter 22 verse 17 um there is a twofold blessing a blessing in words and a blessing in actuality the blessing in words consists of praises and commenda- uh, commendation the blessing in actuality is truly divine for when god blesses the result is the thing itself or the uh, or that which is said he is the one who blesses with the effect uh, and does all things through what he says. Uh, possess the gate, control the city, conquer enemy strongholds. So what it says is that our sister, may you become thousands of ten thousands, and may your offspring possess the gate of those who hate him. So basically this blessing is in regards to the blessing Abraham got, but not a direct correlation. They are basically saying, Rebecca, may your generation become, uh, be, may you have a great generation. That's the thousands of ten thousands. Uh, that's like may your may you have a lot of offspring, and may that offspring um, overcome those who hate them. And that's kind of a direct, uh, like an in, not a direct, but an indirect correlation to um, the the garden, where it's like and with like um uh abraham as well where it's just like i will bring from you a generation um uh and who will conquer their enemies kind of deal and like the crushing head um biting of the heel aspect like i will bring into the world uh a savior who will like he will crush his head kind of aspect that's it's kind of an indirect correlation to that as well because from isaac's line comes jesus eventually so 
their blessing eventually, you know, actively happens. Um, but then also there's the, uh, there's the covering of the veil, uh, aspect, and that was one of the things in which, like, now there's a little women's rights little issue aspect, because it's not full women's rights like we have, you know, today in the modern times but like the covering of the veil wasn't like because she wasn't allowed to show her face um it's it says here it's like it's a sign of modesty and respect so because she committed to like she consented to marrying this person once she knew that that was the person she was marrying she wanted to present herself as a modest woman as uh, as like as a woman of respect as well and being like Mm -hmm. i consented to this and i'm following what you know god said to do um and what god has and so it was like it wasn't like oh i can't show my face to a man um it's like mm-hmm. it, it was like no i'm gonna do this out of respect so mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah a whole lot of information yeah. today a whole lot of good yeah, good stuff yeah. happening um but uh the, the reason we divided it up this way is because um, next time we got some stuff going on that all um, that all fits together a lot better than um, dividing this one up into tiny little mini sections. Um, but we'll we'll incorporate that later. Yeah. Do you have any uh, do you have any last minute stuff to to, to tell our listeners, Jake? No, nah, no, nah, not really. I mean, you summed up the last chapter pretty nicely, so. A lot, of, a lot of stuff going on and a whole lot of detail and you know I wish I was aware of the fact that the man just restates everything we read <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> would have just been like <laughs> would have just been like when the guy says speak on he recalls everything now back to verse 50 where they answer and they respond to it <laughs> skipping like 20 30 yeah 20 verses of <laughs> just recalling the exact same thing <laughs> oh, shoot. all right but uh if you guys uh have listened all the way through uh we very much appreciate uh you guys sticking around and doing this bible study with us um yeah. this is as much for you guys to, to help you guys with understanding and coming to uh, and learning how to like read the the bible and interpret what the bible is saying uh, as much as it is for us we we very much are um, are blessed to to be a part of this and enjoy doing this um, if you guys want to stay connected with us you can subscribe if you're listening on youtube uh, you can follow us uh, follow our podcast um on um, on any podcast streaming platform that you're listening to this um, notifications as well the bell icon exists on all of those so you get notified whenever we drop new episodes but it is uh, every Sunday uh, at midnight is when when our episodes will air uh, if you guys have questions comments um, uh, different different takes beliefs or any prayer requests you can either email the email that is in the description uh, of the episodes um, uh, or you can comment if you're on YouTube or you can go ahead and follow us on Instagram that little handle will also be in our episodes as well uh, and you can message us on Instagram and we will do our best to either respond to you through that platform or um, given given the um, the uh, you know the 
I lost the word for like authority, but given given your consent, uh, I guess, to talk about it on the podcast, whether it be prayer requests yeah, or yeah. other topics and stuff, we will uh, talk about it then. Thank you guys again so much for listening to this episode, uh, and tune in next week where the word on the street is... A hairy guy gets his inheritance stolen? <laughs> <laughs>